Instagram Live, and I'm also, again, simulcasting on my Facebook page. Very good. Thank you for the hearts. Listen, I am Dr. E. Michelle Mickens. I'm the CEO of Live for Change, and I have the awesome, awesome opportunity to share some nuggets about how important it is to understand your identity. So while the room is filling up, while you guys are coming in, I just want to share a little bit about how I came to know your founder, your your leader, Ms. Um, Yudo Okonjo. And I pray that I said the last name right. I call her my sister. And it's amazing. It is amazing to me. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's amazing to me. I'm getting hearts. I'm loving the hearts, y'all. Um, how there is no distance, not only when it comes to the things of the spirit, but you know what? There's no distance with the internet. So I had the pleasure of meeting, not personally, but I actually heard Miss um, Udo speak. She was on YouTube. And she was actually preaching on YouTube. What she was preaching on was so powerful. It left an impression in my heart. And she was talking about the importance of going mega. Go mega. So this was a few years ago. She was talking about how you have to think outside of the box and how important it is to think large. And I had just started my business. So Live for Change has been around for three years now. But when I first had my encounter with Miss Udo, that was about three years ago. And I've been following her ever since. And one of the things that I did, and I'm giving you a, a nugget before I actually get started. I believe in writing down what I desire to have happen. So after I, I know that I didn't accidentally run into her on YouTube. Hello. This was a divine assignment. This was a divine assignment. So I wrote down, I want to meet her. I want to work with her. I wrote down, I want some type of partnership. I believe that there is a divine connection. And here I am today. And I am beside myself. I feel on some level, I feel like a kid that's just, you know, excited about somebody that, you know, she's been wanting to meet. I know I'm very careful. I don't idolize people, but I, I really admire her. So with that being said, I'm also very conscious of the time. I'm very cognizant of the time and I don't want to, um, I don't want to belabor the time. I was giving some time for you guys to come into the room. I'm going to do my best. I've been charged to save this session, so I'll make sure to do that. But today, I'm going to be talking about how to overcome an identity crisis, the importance of knowing how to overcome an identity crisis. And we're going to look at it also from, mainly from a leadership perspective, because it's amazing how many leaders we have who are functioning in their in their office, functioning in their position, and they are clueless. They really don't know who they are. But before I do that, let me just give you a little background about who I am. So you'll have an idea. Who's a strange person from Toledo, Ohio, Northwest Ohio. 
Um, my company, as I mentioned before, is Live for Change. Live for Change is a global strategic leadership development consultancy. And I was fortunate to put together under this umbrella, I put together a leadership series called the B4 Real, it's the number four, B4 Real Leadership Series. Real is an acronym for Reliable, Ethical, Authentic Learner. As a matter of fact, I have a, a motto, real leaders, real producers, real results. Real, reliable, ethical, authentic learner. So under this series, I provide consulting, I provide coaching, I do workshops, training programs, I speak, I empower, I encourage, I work with emerging leaders as well as established leaders. So it's, it's all things pertaining to leadership development. That's my heart's desire, that is my goal. And one of the things that comes up often, I believe that when we are looking at um, the fundamental aspects of leadership, when we are looking at what's important for leaders, I want to I want to mention that knowing your purpose as a leader and knowing who you are are top. They're key. They're critical. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, sayings, one of my favorite quotes, is that you will never find your purpose. You will never fulfill your purpose if you don't know who you are. You will never fulfill your purpose if you don't know who you are. And I'm a witness to that. I'll, I'll share a very brief uh, personal situation that confirms this. I also say this other saying, if I knew who I was, I wouldn't have done what I did. If I knew who I was, I wouldn't have done what I did. So a real brief story. I mentioned that I live in Northwest Ohio. Thank you for the hearts. Thank you so much. And in living here, I made uh, several decisions. I decided that I was going to go to a historically black college. So I went to Fisk University. Anybody heard of Fisk? I went to Fisk University, graduated from Fisk, and that's in Nashville, Tennessee. So I was there for four years, graduated, went back home, and in this whole process, I wasn't clear about who I was. I knew or I thought I knew what I wanted to do, but I wasn't 100% sure about who I was supposed to be. As a matter of fact, when I was in high school, I was taking this honors English class and my English teacher had a great influence on me. And so she said to me, she said, you know, I think you would be good in psychology. She said, your, your writing is, it has so much depth. And so I think that you would do, do really, really well in psychology. So what did I do? My major was psychology. I can't tell you that that was my desire because I wasn't sure what I was gonna do with a psychology degree. So I ultimately saw somebody on television a beautiful African-American woman who was an attorney. She was so put together. And so I said, I wanna be a lawyer. I wanna make a lot of money and I wanna be so put together like this woman. And so that's what I did. 
Now, what's the problem with that? I studied pre-law as an undergrad, but why didn't I pursue my law degree? I had one situation that changed the trajectory the trajectory of my dis- of making that move of pursuing that degree and that is I took the LSAT one time and I didn't do well I took the LSAT once and I said that must not be for me but my heart wasn't in it truth be told my heart was into acting but because I listened to and I love my mother meant well But she told me, don't waste your time trying to be an actress. Don't waste your time trying to be an actress. She said that you will, okay, now, you will, what did she say to me? She said, you will not make money. You're not pretty enough. You're not tiny and small. They want a certain look, and she made it clear I didn't meet the I didn't meet the criteria. She told me that as a young age, as a little girl, that's what I wanted to do. But you listen to the voice that's in your ear. You're gonna listen to the voice of your parents. And so I was convinced that's not for me. I was convinced I'm not supposed to be an actress. And I used to sing and act and ways I did some things to compensate for that. What did I do? I used to sing a lot. I used to be in plays. I was always in a play. I was always the lead singer. Um, I think in high school, I was voted the most likely to succeed and the best, the most talented. That's what it was. I was voted the most talented because I say I would sing, I would dance and I did all these things that I enjoyed doing, but I never pursued that as my heart's desire because I was told that that's not for me. That's not going to work for you. It's important to know who you are so i made all of these series of decisions not following my heart but doing what i was told what was suggested to me so now moving fast forward after graduating from college i didn't know what i was going to do with this pre-law degree especially when i didn't do well on the lsat so what did i do i worked as an administrative secretary I think that's what they call them now, administrative assistants. But back then it was it was a glorified secretary. Now, again, nothing is wrong with the position, but that wasn't what I was created to do. That was not my life's calling. And I was frustrated in that job. So I did that for about a year and a half, maybe two years. And it was a great paying job with great benefits. But how many of you all know it can be great, but if it's not for you, if it's not truly your desire, you're not going to be pleased with that. So in two years, about two years, I decided I want to live in Atlanta. So what was happening in Atlanta, Georgia? Many years ago, it was seen as the black Mecca. I read that in Ebony magazine. Again, I didn't know who I was. I was still trying to find out who I was. So I, I packed up and moved. I gave my two weeks notice and I decided I'm moving to Atlanta. I had money saved up. I was very good at very, you know, good at saving money. Long story short, that's where I lived for several years. And I had a degree that I wasn't happy with. I was submitting resumes and applications for corporate America and I didn't get 
any of those high paying jobs. So I found myself doing the thing that I was familiar with. I found myself settling. That's a danger when you don't know who you are, you will settle. So it's a couple of things that began to happen. I allowed, I was easily influenced to do something that I wasn't clear about, wasn't sure about, wasn't desiring to do. I settled and I met my husband who I'm not married to today. I won't go into the details about that, but I will say this. If I knew who I was, I wouldn't have done what I did. When it was all said and done, And I look back on that relationship. It was a tumultuous relationship, mainly because I was displeased. So I was one of those nagging wives, I'll admit it. I was a nagging wife because I was unhappy, because I didn't know who I was. And he couldn't do anything right. He couldn't do anything right. He couldn't breathe right. I was on him like a gnat on a dog. Is that something? A gnat on a dog? But you know what I'm talking about. I was so dissatisfied. I took a lot of my frustration out on him. Now, I'm only going to talk about what I did. I'm not going to talk about him because we're talking, we're doing self-examination. When it's all said and done and I look back on that relationship, I married a beautiful pair of legs. I married a beautiful Yes, you definitely need to know who you are. I ended up marrying. That's all I can. That's all that I will allow myself to reflect on. He was a good looking man, but we were not compatible. So when you don't know who you are, you are susceptible to believing anything. And I I encourage you to take copious notes. You will believe anything. You will believe lies about yourself. I was told, well, you're not pretty enough. You're not small enough. You're not enough to be an actress or a singer. You're not going to make enough money. Don't pursue that. I was told that. And that was in my heart. That's what I wanted more than anything. I thought until I was told something else. As you grow older, and especially as you step into leadership roles, when you have this uncertainty, and yet somehow opportunities come your way, and we're not even going to talk about every opportunity is not a good opportunity, but let's talk about the good opportunities that come your way, and you have the, the fortune of being a leader. If you're not clear about who you are, one of the things that you do as a leader is make bad decisions or poor decisions because there's a pattern of it in your own life, right? So it doesn't change once you step into the role of being a leader. You begin to make bad or poor. I won't say they're just outright bad, but they're not great decisions. They're not the best and highest for yourself or for the organization that you represent. And when you don't know who you are, you don't always know where you're going. I want you to also reflect on yourself as a leader, but think about other leaders, especially the ones that you're wondering, how did, how did they become a leader? Thank you. How did they, how did that happen? 
sometimes people are promoted from within, right? But again, we're talking the fundamentals to good leadership, effective leadership is knowing who you are, self-awareness, and being able to walk in your purpose. And you will find, and now you're going to look at leadership a lot differently. You will find leaders who are, they just don't know where they're going. And so they, they cannot effectively lead you. And guess what? You are not on their minds. You're not on their hearts. Let me keep going. So we're going to look at five characteristics, five warning signs of a leader who, I don't want my light to go out, y'all. We're going to look at leaders who, because they don't know who they are, because they don't know where they're going, they are a, not a danger, but they're just not effective in their role as a leader. I have several devices going on. So if you see me looking around, it's because one of these devices keeps the light on. And I'm just hoping that it doesn't go out. So we'll see. Low self-perception is number one. We're going to look at five warning signs, five characteristics that bring that gives you an alert as to a leader with low identity who is dealing with um, identity and identity crisis. That's what it is. Low self-perception. How do you see yourself? Low, there it is, low self-perception. Y'all bear with me. That's one thing, low self-perception. Now I'm gonna share a little bit of scripture because it's important. Can you see me okay? Maybe we'll be okay without this. Let me see. I'm going to try one more thing. Moses. This is my backup, y'all. Okay, it's working. A little bit. Moses was working with some chief leaders, right? Now, I'm coming from Numbers, the 13th chapter. Moses had these CEOs. And in Numbers, the 13th chapter, I'm going to summarize. I'm not going to read the scripture. I'm not even going to try to preach. I am a preacher, but I'm not preaching today. But he sent out 12 CEOs to go spy the land. What was the land? It was their promised land. So he asked them, I need you to go. Actually, he told them, I need you to go spy out the land. And there were very specific things that they needed to do very specific things that he was looking for, for for them to report so they went these 12 CEOs went that means that they had people under them right they had people that were part of their tribe part of their team employees under them they went and spied out the land and of the 12 10 of them had a negative report two of them had a positive report. Of the 12, only two of them felt as though they could take over the land. Because after all, they all knew that promised land was theirs. All they were supposed to do was to do an environmental assessment, right? They were supposed to scan that environment. They were supposed to report back on the culture, the 
food, the people. There were just there were very specific things that Moses instructed them to do. They came back fearful. They came back with a low perception of who they were. As a matter of fact, they said, "We are grasshoppers." in our eyes and we're grasshoppers in their eyes because they were moved they were fearful of the people's physique these were giants over in that land of promise that's right someone typed in insecurity doesn't get you far insecurity will stifle you it will stifle stifle you so they they had a very low perception of who they were. So my question to you is this. How do you see yourself? That's number one. Low self-perception. It it causes you to aim low. Your goals. You're going to you set low goals. You don't see yourself accomplishing a lot. Right? Because you you're struggling with how you perceive yourself. And guess guess what else? You're not able to pull your team. You're not able to challenge your team. You're not able to stretch your team. So the organization suffers because you have low self-esteem. You aren't setting high goals. You're just setting setting them high enough for you to reach. So you're operating as a mediocre person and that frustrates good talent. That frustrates people that they want to be challenged. They want to be stretched. They want to grow. But because of how you see yourself, not only do you hurt you, but you hurt everyone else that the Lord has set under you. So think about that. Number one, low self-perception. Number two, lack of clarity. I touched on that a little earlier. Lack of clarity. Is it clear or is it cloudy? Is it clear? Do you really know who you are? Or are you, and it's okay to be unsure. But admit that you're unsure. And search, right? Search out. Because who I am today wasn't necessarily the same person I was 20 years ago. It's okay to change. We can always rewrite the script. But we need to be familiar with what that script looks like. Right? So, are you clear? Is there, are you self-aware? Number one, low self-perception. Number two, lack of clarity. Lack of self-awareness. You really don't know, right? Because that's how we started. You really don't know who you are. You don't, you're not aware of how you show up in the workplace. I have a question. I, I posted this maybe a few, maybe a month or so ago. And this is, this is the question. Beneath the flawless makeup, the manicured nails, the perfect hairstyle, the designer clothes, who are you? When your smile begins to fade and the latest and greatest rich, I'm sorry, the latest and greatest tech toy, right? I'm a tech girl. 
the latest and greatest tech toy loses its shine and dazzle. Who are you? When the boy toy is no longer a joy, some of you all know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about your husbands. I'm talking about you're in a relationship. And at first, that relationship was a lot. whining and dining and then you realize this isn't working the boy toy is no longer a joy when that specialty drink becomes stale and tasteless when the new car and the new car smell has gone and left you in debt who are you perhaps you have reached your ideal weight right And you're making six figures. So you have the look. You have the money. Is that what defines you? Is that who you are? Or perhaps you really are swimming in debt. Right? Perhaps you are battling an illness. Is that who you are? Maybe you have a child, one child, many children. Maybe you have a child, your one and only child that's incarcerated right now. And you can't do for that child what you desire to do. Does that reflect you? Is that who you are? My question is this, what defines you? And how do you define you? That's what this whole web class is all about. Who defines you? What defines you? How do you define you? Let's move on. Time waits for no one. Number three, your inability to be authentic. Number one was low self-perception. Number two was lack of clarity. Number three is an inability to be authentic. You lose credibility when you can't be authentic. Some of us in leaders, especially if you are, some of us as leaders, and if you are an emerging leader, a new leader, and you're stepping into a new role, you often don't know who you are as a leader. And you feel like a deer caught in the headlights. You're you're wondering, what, am I, what, what have I done? What have I stepped into here, right? You're trying to feel these designer shoes that were never designed for you. And so you may be confused, but I encourage you to take a step back and re-examine so that you can be authentic in your role, so you can be credible, so you can be someone that is regarded as trustworthy. Now, I wrote an, an ebook, and I just want to share this real quick. Um, and if you're interested in this, and I have a gift later on, so if you hang out with me, I have a freebie, a couple of freebies that I'm going to give at the end. And I will make sure to give the links. I will make sure that um, I think Fumi, if you're here, I will make sure that she gets the links and that the iWow community has access to this. 
But one of the things that I wrote, and I'm just going to say this real quick, being an authentic leader, an authentic leader is having high moral standards. A true, authentic, credible leader has high moral standards. The, the followers, the employees, the people that they lead, they are looking at you to be the type of leader that doesn't cut corners. That's being and showing up authentically. You have what's considered good behavior. And we're going to go into a lot more details about what that looks like. You have credibility. Number four, a leader who's in an identity crisis, they lack empathy. They lack empathy. They're insensitive to other people's feelings, right? They either don't know how to show empathy or they don't care. But there is a lack of concern and regard for their team, for their followers, for their employees. Lack empathy, that's number four. Number five, you lack focus. You lack direction. I think we talked about it before. You don't know where you're going if you don't know who you are. You end up somewhere, but it means very little to you because you didn't know how to appreciate it. You didn't know how to value that. Your destiny should be valued. And you won't truly enjoy life if you don't know who you are. And many who, who don't know who they are, they don't care about you. They don't care about who you are. They lack empathy. So those were the five warning signs and five characteristics of those who are suffering or dealing with an identity crisis. So now we're going to switch over and look at five overcoming mindsets. I'm fully aware. I don't think I said this earlier. You guys are awesome. Forgive me if I'm not waving. I'm trying to catch up. I know that this is walking on water Wednesday, right? So we want to walk on water. And in order to do that with confidence, in order to do that courageously with boldness, it starts with the fundamentals being sturdy. Our foundation has to be sturdy. If we're going to walk on water, we have to be confident that that water is going to sustain us, right? And it has a lot to do. It has everything to do with our mindset. So now we're going to look at five overcoming mindsets that's going to help us overcome the identity crisis five overcoming mindset shifts number one mental toughness you you'll read about this this is very popular you'll hear about this mental toughness mental toughness has to do with having grit and determination being brave being resilient having tenacity perseverance and earlier when I mentioned focus mental toughness means that you are very focused on what you're trying to accomplish you display what's called self-efficacy self 
efficacy. Efficacy is spelled E-F-F. Oh, Lord. E-F-F-A-C-I-A-C. Let me make sure I spell it correct. Let me make sure I spell it correctly for you. Self-efficacy. I was just looking at that. E-F-F-I-C-A-C-Y. E-F-F-I-C-A-C-Y. I can spell. But self-efficacy is having the confidence in believing that you're going to accomplish your goals. So it's one thing. Thank you for the hearts. Y'all laughing at me. It's one thing to set goals, but you're setting goals high enough, challenging enough to stretch you. And you have the confidence that you're going to achieve them. So it's not having a low self-perception where you operate in mediocrity. But no, self-efficacy means that you have the confidence to achieve great things. And you have the mental toughness that allows you to be focused so that you achieve what you set out to achieve no matter what the circumstances are. That's displaying self-efficacy, which leads into number two, mindset shift. Number two, emotional intelligence. That's something else that's very popular. You can hardly read a book about leadership and not touch on emotional intelligence. So it's EQ or EI. EQ or EI. And emotional intelligence has everything, it's highly sought after, and it has everything to do with knowing who you are. Self-awareness is so key. Leaders who demonstrate high, so there's high and low um, EQ, but we're only talking about the walking on water levels, high levels. You know how to appropriately respond to negative feedback. You encourage it, and you know how to respond to it. You have you have the ability to display even temperament. So you can have emotions, right? You're not dead, you're not emotionless, but you appropriately display your emotions. Having the emotional intelligence allows you to properly assess someone else's emotions. You become more sensitive to someone else's emotions. So there are five key elements of emotional intelligence. Five key elements. Number one, self-awareness. We've already touched on that. Number two, self-regulation, self-management, self-control, right? That's two. Three, motivation. Four, empathy. We talked about that. And five, social skills. Daniel Goleman is credited for making emotional intelligence popular. So this is my charge to you all. You all as leaders in this personal and professional development class. One thing that I always do in my training sessions is because of the length of time, I encourage you to do research, to do studies, to read articles, get books, read on emotional intelligence. That's 
that is really, as I mentioned before, is highly sought after, and that's regarded as one of the top, there are like five attributes, that's one of the top attributes and characteristics of what's considered an effective leader, a successful leader, having high emotional intelligence, integrity, a person who knows who they are, walks in integrity. I mentioned earlier, they don't cut corners. They don't take shortcuts. They have high moral standards. They walk in authenticity. They are very comfortable in who they are. A person with integrity. They will not compromise. That's a leader that's sought after as well. You don't even see that hardly anymore. Look at our political, look at our political climate. Look at the leadership. Many are willing to compromise. They're willing to do whatever it takes to not only become that leader and hold on to it, but they'll cut down another leader. And when you have integrity, your focus is on doing what's right and best for yourself, your team that you're pulling along with you, and ultimately for the organization that you represent. So you want to operate and function in integrity, humility. We're talking about five ways to shift your mindset and become a leader who knows who they are. And number four is humility. Do you know how to be humble? Have you ever seen a tyrant leader? Have you ever experienced um, an autocratic leader? They're the ones that says it's my way or no way, hit the highway, right? These are, these are the ones, yes, I will do that for you. These are the ones, these leaders who truly are not walking in integrity and they don't really know who they are. Fear causes some people to operate from a place of demand. And if you don't do it this way, they threaten you because they're uncomfortable. They're not clear on who they are. So they feel like the only way they can be taken seriously is if they keep their thumb on your neck. Right? Also, someone who isn't able to be humble are often full of pride. And a prideful leader, that's someone who is difficult to deal with. And a lot of that pride comes from lack of understanding, lack of knowing who you are. So you want to have a mindset, a humble mind. Because when you operate from a place of humility, you recognize you're good, you recognize your faults, you recognize that there are areas needed for improvement, and you can receive that feedback that says, you know what, you messed up today, you know, you didn't make, that wasn't a great decision, and you can receive it, and you can 
make the necessary changes to improve yourself. You're comfortable in the skin that you're in. That's a spirit of humility. And it requires having a right mindset. How do you explore or find out who you truly are? I love that question. Because this is an ongoing process. For me, I believe wholeheartedly that you need to know who you are in Christ. And again, I know this today in this web class, we're not, I'm not preaching, I'm not teaching the word of God, but that helps you to understand who you are. So if you have a Bible and you can start reading it, start even with the New, New Testament, following Jesus and the things that he teaches on helps you to understand who you are, who you called to be. Because now I mentioned the New Testament, but I'll jump all the way back to Genesis and then I'm going to move from this. But that's where I would start. I would start with the Bible because it clearly tells us that in Genesis, we are to dominate. We are to walk in dominion. That instantly should put you in a mindset that you are of royalty. That you are in a kingdom designed by God. How are you guys doing? Designed by God. And so you want to be able to move and operate in a place of dominion. That means that you have to be confident in who you are. And you learn that by there are tests that you can take. I mean, there are so many, so many different things that you can do. Personality tests. And as a matter of fact, if you hang out with me to the end, I will give you a couple of tools that will help you with self-awareness. So stay tuned. I'm almost done. Number four was humility. Number five, love. Love. And actually that, that came to me today. That we have to have a mindset of love. And love is a four-letter word, but it's not a bad word. It's not bad for you to show love to yourself, loving yourself, recognizing your flaws, but also recognizing your good, knowing your worth. The more that you can love yourself, you will more, you will truly love others. People who are, you know, uh, micromanagers, people who are, um, Tyrants, a lot of times they don't really love themselves because of their uncertainty. They're dealing in a cloudy headspace. They are not clear on who they are. They know the roles. I'm talking about leaders. They know the roles that they're supposed to feel. And they do that with no regard about how they show up and if they're being true to themselves. They just want to fill a role and the organization has a goal. And we're going to reach this goal. We're going to do this this way. They're not open and they're not receptive to encourage and develop the talent that they have with them. So when you have love in your heart, you are not only concerned about yourself, but you also want to help pull your team. You want to help develop the talent that's there. You want to encourage, engage Organizations are losing good talent 
And it's hard for them to even attract the right talent for their organizations. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's no engagement. A lot of the leaders, they're not open to hear from the people that God has entrusted in their care. They're not open to hear it. Some of them are threatened. When you operate in fear, uncertainty, and doubt, many are threatened by the good talent. So as you examine yourself, asking yourself and and reviewing and looking at who you really are, if you know, that's wonderful. There's always room for improvement. If you're not clear, that's okay. And in the self-examination process, are you happy with who you are? Because the beauty of all of this is we have the opportunity to redefine who we are. We can reset our mind, right? Some of us had parents. My, my father was a pastor and he and I were inseparable. He always encouraged me. But as I got older, he said less. His goal at the time, and maybe looking back, both my parents have passed, has passed away, but perhaps maybe when he would look back, he could have said more to encourage because parents have the ability to influence the path of their children. They have the ability, they have the ear of their child and saying the right thing can help them with their identity and help them get on the right path and fulfill their purpose. But the opposite is true as well. If you are so, if you're not clear, the wrong person can get in your ear and say the wrong thing and you are on the wrong path. So this is a great time. It's fall, was fall here in the, in the, in the US. I don't know what, what's the temperature there. Forgive me, it's so much more that I desire to learn. But we're in a season where it's a new season. It's a new season. It's a new day. It's a new opportunity for change. When it's all said and done, we can frequently examine where we are right now and make the transition to where we desire to be, who we desire to become. You're not stuck. Some of us have lived in a stuck position, right? Working on jobs that we didn't like for a number of years, 10, 20, 30 years, slaving away for someone else, giving up our our talent when we could have been serving in a whole different capacity. But this is a new day and it's a new opportunity for you to be all who you've been called to be. And I mentioned before that I have some tools. My website is www.live4changellc.com. And if you hit forward slash IWOW, I-W-O-W dash welcome. And again, I'm going to give that website. It's Live for Change. And it's the number four, live4changellc.com forward slash I-W-O-W dash or hyphen welcome. If you go there, 
you'll have access to two leadership tools. And then I'm going to do a quick recap. Two leadership tools. One of the tools that you will get is this worksheet. The worksheet is a mindset trap worksheet. I encourage you to identify three, just three, start with three areas that has to do with how you think, how you think about yourself that's actually holding you back. Identify those three. Yes, I'll give you the website again. It is www.live, number four, change, C-H-A-N-G-E, L-L-C.com forward slash I-W-O-W dash welcome, W-E-L-C-O-M-E. And I will make sure that Fumi, I think that's her name. Forgive me if I'm saying it wrong, but I'll make sure that you all get that information again. But go there now. Get, well, don't go right now. But get this worksheet. It helps you begin to think about how you can shift your mindset by identifying three things that causes you to get stuck and three ways in which you can get unstuck. And I put on here, one is forgiving your past. Sometimes we can't get past what happened to us, what bad decisions we made. Sometimes we can't get past our past. So forgive your past and start planning for your future. This is one worksheet. And then the other worksheet is doing a SWOT analysis. What time is it, y'all? A SWOT analysis. The SWOT analysis, many people do SWOT analysis for their organizations. When you're doing strategic planning, oftentimes people will do a SWOT analysis. I want you to grab both of these worksheets. This worksheet is for you. Do a SWOT analysis on yourself. Examine your strengths, your weaknesses. Look at what are your opportunities for growth and what are your threats? What are you afraid of? What's hindering you from growing? What's hindering you from moving forward? Because you don't know who you are. So this is a great self-awareness tool. Identifying your strengths, your opportunities, your weaknesses, and your threats. That is a SWOT analysis. So I encourage you, grab both of those tools. Last but not least, you will get information um, for this group. I have what's called, thank you. All right, Patty. Patty, Patty, thank you. Thank you so much for putting up the website. I have here, blessings, God bless you. Um, These tools, my book, When Purpose Exceeds Profits, as well as Bust the Fuzz. I have all of this information available to you if you're interested in this digital audio download to help you overcome fear, uncertainty, and doubt. I have these tools. They're all digital. So this is the physical, but you can download them. The the price is half off, 50% off, so it's very affordable. And I just want you guys to know, you don't have to be in an identity crisis. I pray that you got something out of this. I pray that this was a blessing. Any questions real quick? We have a few minutes. 
Any other questions? Any questions for me? Oh, you you guys are the you guys are so awesome. I'm so honored. I'm so honored. Did you get anything out of it? Did you get some tools that you believe is going to help further you in defining who you are? I'll leave on this note. You matter. You matter probably more than you will ever. Thank you, Patty. Than you will ever know. But everything starts with knowing who you are. And then you will know where you're going. Thank you for reminding me. Emotional intelligence. Someone asked for a recap. Self-awareness. Self-regulation. Motivation. Empathy. Social skills. Self-awareness. Self-regulation. Empathy. Oh, I'm sorry. Motivation. Empathy. And social skills. When you have these five elements... And you're, when you have those five elements, you're able to function at a high level of emotional intelligence. You're not quick to react to everything that happens to you. You know how to stay focused. You know how to keep your emotions in check. That's self-regulation. You have social skills. You know how to handle and work with people. You're sensitive to their needs. You can anticipate what they need. And you will go out of your way because you have humility and love. You will go out your way to help them. Listen, I'm Dr. E. Michelle Mickens. Please follow me on all social media platforms. I'm on most of them. Follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. The business is Live for Change. That's the number four change, LLC. You are so welcome. Thank you guys for tuning in. You've blessed me more than I can tell you. And I look forward to doing something with you guys. Reach out to me. Go to, go on my website. Reach out to me if you have questions that come up later. And I will do my best to answer you. All right. God bless you guys. And now I'm going to save this bad boy. Take care. <laughs>